Welcome to the Ralph Moore Podcast. Gain the leadership advantage as Ralph pulls wisdom from his bag of over 50 years experience in planting and leading multiplying churches. Our goal is to help you live as a leader you'd want to follow. You'll learn about making disciples and planting churches, but beyond that, you'll gain practical wisdom about subjects like how to manage your team, handling difficult people, pulling a congregation off a growth plateau, and even money management. Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today, I interview a really good friend of mine, Anton Lasseter. We've known each other through Exponential, through the learning cohorts. Uh, we kind of hooked up at breakfast one day in a hotel someplace, and uh, it just been talking off and on ever since about once or twice a month. And you know, the, the weird thing is, Anton, I actually thought you lived in Pennsylvania. Carolina. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. That's the downside of Zoom. You don't have to know stuff like that. Right, right. So kind of introduce yourself, tell how you got into ministry, and tell about the church here and how you got into it. Okay, yeah. Uh, Antoine Lasseter, I've been uh, a church planner uh, for almost four years now. And um, I, I went through a long period of serving in ministries, became an executive pastor, and just felt like a uh, longing to plan a church, but that's not what I called it. Um, I called it like starting a work or uh, just that sort of thing. So uh, long story short, uh, we planted in Concord, North Carolina initially, which is right outside of Charlotte. Um, it's my wife and I, we've been married for 20 years and two boys. We really just started meeting at a sports bar with a handful of guys. They were not connected to church. And I wanted to sort of think outside the walls of the church, hence the name of our church is Think Kingdom. And so we just literally was meeting at a, uh, a sports bar every week with a group of millennials. And it grew and uh, we uh, started our first service uh, in September 2016. And after a year of planting, uh, we actually merged with a church that was about 15, 20 minutes from us. We were a a young, uh, predominantly black church with millennials and young folks. And uh, we merged with a predominantly white church in Kannapolis, rural, blue collar, and um, predominantly white. That merger, it's Charles Dickens. It was the best of times and the worst of times. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, there was a, so together, it was like 160 people. Honestly, man, I thought, I, I just I was naive, naive enough to believe that we could just springboard and in a few months we'll double in size and we'll take the city. <laughs> that that didn't happen at all. Pastor, initially, we were going to join forces and pastor together. But he sent a call to do something else. Um, at the time, it was a total shock to us. So we were le- losing people left and right on both sides. So some people didn't want, um, some people didn't like my style. Other people appreciate the style, but they felt like I was sort of uh, assimilating to the different culture. And I just got caught up in the middle. I hit landmines. I learned some, some, some great mistakes. I learned some, some great mistakes. And, uh, over time, uh, we settled down to 60, 65 people. And so it was very disheartening. I thought I missed God. I was literally, I went through, I went through all these phases, like of just craziness um, personally. But then I realized that it was a blessing in disguise 
because what I thought I needed, God sort of stripped from me. That the more I became comfortable with who I am, my style, some people loved it, some people accepted it, but I didn't let that change my approach. And so now, two years later, church, we're seeing about an average of 80 people a week. And some of that has come from you beginning to be a little more available. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we learn. Oh, yeah. We had this conversation about you just hanging out by the door and and slapping yeah. hands and kissing old ladies and yeah and, and it's paying off yeah yeah uh, it's 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 just it, it was a it was crazy because initially because I was really trying to figure out my way I would seclude myself I would sort of withdraw I would be um, in in the office and uh, and I would be like quote unquote listening and hearing from God but it was really my anxiety and my nervousness because I. I didn't know who was going to come. I didn't know who was going to show up. And, and so I sort of avoided all, all people and, 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 and right before service gets started. But um, you've been coaching me now for what, maybe a year and some, maybe yeah. over a year. Well, yeah. Two years. Yeah. yeah. And, and practical things, um, making my, and, and some people may say, well, yeah, that's obvious. But what I realized was that. I was a part of the people and not separated from them. And they wanted to see me. And I began to just sort of literally, like you were encouraging me to do, standing at the door, shaking hands, talking with people. I put God in a box that God could only speak to me in a secluded area and making sure I don't miss anything. Man, he would speak to me. He would He would actually, um, I would be working with people listening to people and before long it just started building community i preached about it and we did the small groups we did the, the bible studies but until i really understood that part of community is that sunday morning before services after services and i've been doing that consistently now and we've seen uh, more guests in a short amount of time than we've ever seen in the church people are literally i was talking to you about this before after service is over, people are hanging around 30, 45 minutes after service. Guests are coming, and this is the shock. They're hanging around after service. And it's really an organic experience that it's so simple and practical, it didn't make sense initially to me. That's really cool. When we first talked a few minutes ago, you, in fact, this kind of this whole podcast today is spontaneous. Uh, yeah. You told me we, we'd had a talk of a few weeks ago. and. And you were praying about focus. Tell about that. How, how so, that so, so, so last month when we were talking, I asked you, like, what should my focus be to keep the momentum? And you do what you always do. You pause and said, well, why don't you ask the Holy Spirit? <laughs> and so I'm like, okay, cool. So immediately I pray, like, Lord, you know, what should my focus be? Like, how can we get this momentum? We're seeing guests. We're seeing more guests. And honestly, I didn't get anything. And so a couple weeks, you know, we, we scheduled these, these coaching calls. I did the same thing. So today I was literally thinking, like, man, you know, Raph is going to ask me this question. I don't know. I don't know what my focus should be. And I've been writing notes, but nothing seemed to come. And I got your email about your podcast, Think Small, Think Again. And I said, well, let me listen to it. And that, it clicked. It, 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 the Holy Spirit spoke to me through your 
podcast, Think Small, Think Again, I'm not appreciating where I am. I'm not appreciating the fact that God is really producing a family, a family that takes care of each other, a family that uh, deals with the messiness. Um, it's so organic and it's so natural that you can overlook the power of it. And so one of the highlights of this week was well, a, a message. into that story yeah. about the highlight because that's a really good story and everybody needs to really hear it. What's been keeping you from appreciating what you have? Growth. It's, it's so focused on growth to the point where it becomes an idol. And I think what, what I know, and I may speak for some, that we have to be careful about that the people that I'm pastoring, they're growing and they're beginning to invite people into the experience and relationships, uh, but it's not on my time schedule. And so it's almost like a part of me was trying to make up for what we lost. And in the numbers, we were so segregated. We were so discombobulated. And now that we're, we're smaller, it's not that we are exclusive or inclusive in that sense, but we're family. And we're, we're laying the foundation to be God's family. We didn't have that before. We didn't have people wanting to come to church, wanting to serve, getting involved with people who don't look like them, who don't have the same political views. And we're actually seeing it. And so I'm looking at like, man, you know, we, where's the numbers? Where's the numbers? And what God has done and is beautiful is slowly grow us in terms of new, um, new life, but also growing the roots at the same time. And it's beauty. And I wasn't appreciating that. Yeah, I got I got some news for you. <clears throat> when you when you grow from sixty to eighty, you just grew by thirty percent. That, that's pretty good math. Yeah, but that whole yeah. thing that hangs over all of us of we got to go out and, and have thousands of people or whatever it is that we yeah. have had put in front of us for so long keeps us from appreciating what the Lord's doing. And it turns out that when we begin to appreciate it, He does more of it. Yeah. It's what your podcast, your, your last podcast, and this is a shameless plug, but if, if you're not listening to this, to Ralph's podcast, you're really missing out because you give us the balance that the faith, one of the things that you were constantly coaching me about is the faithfulness to what God has called me to and not trying to become a cookie cutter, honor the, the, the mega and honor the big, but be true to who God has called me to be. And I think that's what that last podcast did for me personally. When I began to look around and actually see, like, you know, this is family. On Monday, what we talked about was one of our members got a, a bad car accident, and it was completely her fault. What she did was, you know, uh, she hit a, a bus, one of those little small buses, but she hit the bus, and the driver was the, the person who hit, the member who hit the bus. Uh, she was really shaken. And she called me and I couldn't answer the phone at the time. Five minutes later, I called her back and I was on speakerphone. She was with the person that she hit. So while she was telling me what happened, um, as soon as I got the phone with her, I called our women's leader and her name is Darcy and I called her. She responds. So she drops what she's doing. And this is early morning. So she responds. So three hours later, I check on, I check on the, um, the lady who, who did it. This is the beauty, and this is what we don't appreciate if we're not careful, that the lady that she hit 
has been disconnected from church for the last five years. And she not a part of church and she would just watch church on TV. And the beauty of it is she was shocked. Number one, that the lady would actually call her pastor because she didn't, she never had a relationship, that type of relationship while she was in churches with a pastor. And then she was shocked that five minutes later that her pastor called her back. And while that was going on, she was equally shocked that 10 minutes later that another member of the church came and sat with her the entire process and while there's talking about while we're talking about underappreciating what god is doing in your church no matter how big how small it's that family aspect because the bus driver finally saw a family and while she's talking and while they're talking about the church you know she's googling us she's facebooking us and she's getting the heart of the ministry and something that was a horrible accident but this goes to show you that prior to your podcast and just the Holy Spirit just dealing with me. That is something that a brochure, a Facebook post cannot capture. It's the it's the appreciating the value of your church and what God has uniquely placed in your church and becoming the family that God wants you to become. And that was displayed openly. What greater testimony can you have than a church, a family responding to the needs of one of his family members. And the lady is, you know, she's going to come to church on Sunday, but bigger than that is that is what I didn't appreciate. And that's, I think, the danger with trying to duplicate what's already out there. Use them as guidelines, potentially, but be true to who God called you to be. And it's what you constantly tell me, you know, celebrate what works. And, and what we're doing. And that's what we're, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm capturing now. You know, as I'm hearing you talk just the last two minutes about celebrating what you're doing, I'm thinking about uh, our friend Dave Ferguson's book, Hero Maker. Oh, yeah. And, and yeah. How, how, how does that play out in your role as a pastor, not just to an individual, because it for sure yeah. does, but to the whole congregation? Kind of because we're, that. because we're all, we're all pastoring someone and giving people permission to do what God called them to do and then equipping them and giving them the tools. So one of the things that I did was um, I got five individuals um, reading the book with us, but I'm seeing how the book is not just meant for individuals, but entire churches, because if all of us will have this mentality to become a hero maker, one of the things that I talk about you a lot about is your your ability to see in others, I see in you, and how that has changed how I do ministry. It's what you what you told me before: creative abandonment. You can't do everything. You have to empower your people to do what God has uniquely placed in them. And so, hero maker. I think multiplication comes when we as leaders settle it that it's not about us; it's about the kingdom. And we can do so much more together. And I think that's the part, that's the beauty. That's the beauty of all of this. I think even the chance meeting that we had at that hotel <laughs> that morning yeah. up until this point, you constantly, constantly coached me without giving me the answers. And I think that's what we have to display in our, in our congregations, man. I think we have to trust the Holy Spirit and other people. 
And it's it's a beautiful thing because your last both podcast was talking about how the mega churches wanting to drill down and become more personable and family. And so they're modeling us. We can coexist and we don't the small doesn't necessarily have to become a mega. And the, and, and and what we have to do is appreciate what God is doing and in the uniqueness of our churches. That's really cool. You know, to me, if if I was if my name was Antoine Lasseter, uh, I, I would think that the next three Sundays sermons would start with some of what you just told me about in this conversation. Because yeah. I, I know the more you make heroes out of your, not just individuals, but your whole church, and the love that they're showing, and, and, and you brag on that, and, and bless the people first. I mean, here you are. You started a church with a bunch of millennials. I'm assuming African-Americans. In, yeah. Because yep. that's what yep. the congregation ended up. Now you're the pastor of a multi-ethnic church where yeah. people have sorted through all this garbage and yeah. figured out how to love each other. And, and now you're a model, really, for other people. You've come a long ways. They yeah. Long ways. And they really need to hear from you. Oh, that's good. Wow, you know, our pastor is so proud of us. Yeah, I am. It's, but I think that's, we all need coaches. and We all need, I think someone seeing the outside because sometimes you can't see your own growth. And I think sometimes when you have people that want to see you and value you and can see your growth, that helps too. Because, you know, when you're in the midst of it, it's, it's again, it's sometimes you, because you're in the midst of it, you don't appreciate what God is uniquely doing in your church. And it becomes so familiar to you. It's almost like you're looking, you're looking for something different. You're looking for something explosive and you're looking for a catalyst. <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, it's what you're saying. It's celebrate what you're doing because you're not bragging on us. We're bragging on what God is doing through us. And that's the beauty of it. You know, I was just talking to another friend of mine, a guy named Jim Graff, and they, they've created a thing called Significant Church Network. And really what's happened is just reaching out. If they did a survey of small towns in America, found out that there's an awful lot of people living in smaller towns in America, and a lot of the churches aren't doing so well. And so he, he did an interesting thing. He started calling church secretaries, and, you know, they kind of went big on this. But I would be thinking, like, you know, within a five-mile radius of where you live. Yeah. You call the church secretary and go, you know, I'm a pastor, and I'm just concerned about the health of the church and the community, and you know, how are things going at your church? Is there any way we could be a blessing to you guys? And just listen, hear whatever you hear. And then out of that, I mean, this is what I would hear, is that you, you kind of pick two or three of these churches that where they seem to be there hurting a little bit. The, late, the, the secretary lets you know there's, there's some hurt going on here. I'd try to figure out a way to go to lunch with that pastor. And if he's bivocational, then I'd go where he works and, and meet him for lunch. There's been a thing in our relationship. I'm the old guy. You're the young guy. I've been able to see things in you through the eyes of, of years of experience. You're experiencing a certain kind of joy right now and, and real success yeah. that, that the guy down the road may be hurting over. And, and just put yourself in that position where now you're able to coach a couple other guys and just you know see what the Lord would do that. If we would all just kind of network that way, we could revitalize America. That's the, that's the truth. I think that's powerful because 
in order for us in our relationship as the person who's being coached to work, I have to expose my insecurities and, and know I don't have all the answers. And I think sometimes we put ourselves in positions where it's hard for us to admit it that, Hey, I messed this up. I shouldn't have said this. And I think it, it I think it's the passing of the baton that's missing. And so we, are, we have a lot of our generals that are dying with the baton in their hands. I'm, in some way may say prematurely, I'm looking to pass the baton. I just think it's easier. I, I just think it's, it's our youth guy. I see in him potentially pastoring the church or, or sending him out the pastor. And I think without exposure, vision comes to exposure. Without exposing ourselves to kingdom-minded thinkers, hero makers, exponential folks like you, a level five guy, without doing that, it makes us, it makes us feel that my church is only big as the, as the limits that it's already been set. But it's, it's, it's that kingdom mindset, I think, that has helped me because even in my mistakes, I remember telling you some other stuff and how you coached me through it. You didn't solve it. You coach me through it, right? And I think that's the part that's missing. It's the fathers. We've had many instructors, but not many fathers. You've been a father to many, and uh, you you've helped me personally. Like I name drop you a lot. <laughs> Ralph Moore says. Ralph Moore says. <laughs> so I just want to say I appreciate you and and just your time that you've given to the next generation. And I think I'm indebted to you. So I feel obligated to the generation that's coming behind me to do the same. So, yeah. That's music to my ears. You want to do it to the generation coming. You know, I'm supposed to be retired, and I get myself <laughs> caught up in his blog and podcast, and it owns me. But I do it because, you know, you, can't, you can only coach a few people at a time. But with the podcast, I, I'm hoping that Bill and Over have an effect. Anyway, we're going to bring this podcast to a close. And so if you're listening, thanks for listening. Uh, all the nice things that he just said about me, take it with a grain of salt. He's not a very nice guy. Anyway, uh, catch you next time. If you enjoyed today's podcast, be sure to subscribe and check his blog at ralphmoore.net.